Hello and welcome to season 2 of Content Kettle. As promised, we are back with more conversations on e-commerce marketing and growth. This time, we will co-host the podcast to bring you the best tips from brands across industries and e-commerce experts. So, let's get started. Hi Arjun, welcome to Content Kettle. Hey Soel, good morning, welcome. Yeah, Excited to be on the show. Same here, finally we are doing this. For those who haven't had a chance to meet uh, Arjun Vaidya before, uh, Arjun Vaidya is the founder of Dr. Vaidya's, an Ayurvedic product company that brings traditional time-tested goodness of Ayurveda to customers all over India and globally as well. So they are pretty much on a journey uh, to make Ayurveda appealing and accessible to modern customers. And I see they are doing an amazing job there. So Arjun, could you tell a little bit more about yourself and what your brand is about? Yeah, sure. So look, uh, I think one thing I, I will say is that I've had the good fortune of building a D2C brand um, when D2C was still early on in India and see the entire journey from building, scaling to eventually selling the business. So I don't run the business anymore. I sold it last year to RP Sanjeev Goenka Group and I now work as a venture capital and early stage investor. But I think my background has been in Ayurveda for 150 years. My family um, has been in the Ayurvedic products and, and, and medicine space. My grandfather, great-grandfather and generations before Ayurvedic doctors. Um, the legacy of our business wasn't a business. It was an Ayurvedic clinic that my grandfather ran. Uh, he cured me of asthma and I made him a promise I'll do something with our family legacy of Ayurveda. Uh, so I went to college in the US. I saw the move towards natural organic products and I came back to India. I worked in finance for three years at a private equity fund and eventually quit my job when my grandfather passed to take on the family legacy. I thought that Ayurveda had a lot to offer. Ancient Ayurveda had a lot to offer. Uh, but it had a disconnect with modern consumers and someone needed to make that connect. So we launched Dr. Vedias to be this Ayurveda brand that becomes appealing and accessible to, to sort of new age consumers. Um, the idea was to take these ancient formulations and create formats, packaging, branding and communication that makes this easy to understand. Um, so that was the background to the business. We obviously started offline because we started in 2016. That's where everything was being built. But didn't sort of get much success offline and then eventually pivoted to the online space where we got lots of success. So we scaled from zero to India's largest Ayurveda brand online, got to 5,000 orders a day, reached 2 million plus customers. Uh, but the big success was actually, so we reached 16,500 pin codes. So our customers weren't just in Bombay, Delhi, Bangalore, Hyderabad, Chennai. We were in Muzaffarnagar, Anantnag, Imphal and Trichy as well. Um, and I think... That is the biggest success of Dr. Vaidya's and showed the power of online, right? That a new age brand, a young brand could go from zero to reaching the most remote parts of our country and really building scale there, right? So I think when I think back on my journey, I think what we were able to do is disrupt an old or, or a space that was considered old, create opportunities for new age consumers to engage, build a brand that reached a large part of India. Um, in a very short period of time and and gave consumers access to this with the with the touch of their fingertips got it that's that's pretty inspiring so when when you started off what was your go to market strategy yeah so as i said we started off with offline markets um and what we didn't know at that time was we didn't have so much capital um we didn't have experience 
um, and we didn't weren't able to generate offtake in those markets. And so eventually we pivoted from offline to our own website. Today it goes without saying that you'll go with your own website, right? But at that time in November 2017, trying to sell Ayurveda on our own website was a big task. But eventually, you know, a year in, we spent lots of time understanding Facebook and Google advertising, how to build a Shopify website, speaking to every single customer, launch 29 products and realize there is something we have to offer. So I think for the first year, we were actually learning business, speaking to every customer to understand whether GTM even made sense. Got it. Got it. So considering the mindset most Indians have about Ayurveda, uh, how did you ensure uh, like, you know, it's, it's not for the old people and for everyone else when you went online? Look, I think it's not, like I said, it's not for the old people. Um, obviously, we had products for diabetes, arthritis, etc., which catered to a larger sort of slightly senior TG. But what I wanted to do was make this ancient science appealing and accessible to modern consumers. So new age packaging, easy product names, easy communication, use of form formats like Instagram, Facebook, and WhatsApp to engage with these consumers. That's the way we actually said, hey, we're going to stop the gap between this ancient science and modern consumers. And that that's where we, we got some success. Fair enough. So how important do you think is uh, branding and packaging of a brand? You know, when you said like the whole, how you put it into the market, right? It was uh, quite appealing to people. So how does it play a major role there? Yeah, look, if you look at Simon Sinek's golden circle, right? That tells you a lot about the way consumers consume today. So we used to buy for the what and the how. We now buy for the why, right? So consumers care for purpose, vision, mission, and they want to feel like they're part of this brand, right? They want to feel proud of this brand. And so I think that's been really exciting. I think that's a big change that we've seen in India over the last few years. When I went to the US in 2009 for my undergrad, everyone was wearing Toms, right? And why was everyone wearing Toms? Because they liked the shoe, but they also liked what it stood for, right? And I think that's where brand comes in. Brand creates that dopamine secretion in the customer's mind that makes them feel good when they wear the product, when they consume the product. So obviously there's a reason you're wearing that cap with Under Armour logo so big on it while you're having this conversation, right? You like the brand, you feel for the brand. It's not just the quality of the product. You're, you're feeling something for Under Armour as well. And that logo creating that sensation and that feeling is what allows one brand to differentiate from another. Um, I think packaging, I would say, is, is a subset or a, or a sort of something that comes out of branding. But it's the first time you can engage with the customer, the first time a customer sees you. And so that determines whether the customer will pick up your product from the shelf or spend time on your web page, right? And that's why it's important. But packaging is the first part of code. Got it, got it. So initially, when you are trying to build this picture in customers' mind, right, about a brand or who you are and what you do, most most of them, what they do is initially when they start a brand, they look into, okay, when it comes to marketing, especially, you know, this is the budget I have located for uh, allocated for marketing. I'm going to spend so much amount and then this is the ROI I would get out of it. So when it comes to branding, you know, there's a lot of money that is being spent there. So what are some of the metrics that you kept a tab on when you were doing the branding and marketing part of it initially? So I'll, I'll talk about two parts to this, right? The first is the brand identity. And the second part is the ongoing branding related activities for a brand, right? So the brand identity is something that you have to spend on as you start. Um, and 
I think this is a non-negotiable, right? So what's the vision, mission, statement, purpose, customer base, brand voice, brand tone, and then eventually what's the visual style guide which you'll implement across the company. Um, I think lots of businesses just create a logo and start. Uh, but I think in this world today where your brand has to differentiate, there are so many other brands. You're not solving the problem for, hey, the customer wants to buy my product. You're solving for, hey, my brand has to be bought over other brands. I think doing this activity in a structured manner is very important. From there, the world in the D2C e-commerce space has changed, right? So I built a business on performance marketing. It was okay to do Facebook, Google ads for conversions and get sales. No problem. Right? In 2017, 18, even 19, that was fine. Today, after COVID, while there have been lots more consumers who have come online ready to shop, including my parents who never shopped online, there have also been more brands, right? While there are 2x, 5x, 10x the number of customers in each space, there are also 2x, 5x, 10x the number of brands. And so it becomes very important for you to be able to differentiate your brand as well, right? And this is where a consistent, non-negotiable spend on brand every month without looking at ROI is important. So what I tell founders today, as I teach through my cohort, as I invest in various businesses, what I tell founders today is, a percentage of your monthly marketing spend needs to go to brand regardless of what you're doing, right? And, and the biggest mistake I see founders make today is they say, hey, I'll spend 10 lakhs this month and I'll stop spending. And I'll spend 10 lakhs next year again. That doesn't make sense. Even if it's 3 lakhs, 5 lakhs, 2 lakh rupees, whatever that percentage is, ascribe that percentage will be consistent about the spend, right? That's what allows you to create that top of mind recall in customers which will eventually lead to the transaction. So actually, my view is that branding actually improves the ROS of performance marketing in the long term. Interesting. Got it. So, so you are saying along with doing your performance marketing, you need to focus on your branding and the brand awareness, awareness part of it as well. So when you started selling online, right, most of the customers might have uh, come back with feedbacks and stuff. What is your approach to incorporating uh, the same in your business plan as well? Like, you know, taking the feedbacks and improving it. Look, it's imperative. And I think you've got to do it on an ongoing basis, right? Not just when you launch a product, you take feedback or when you launch a brand. Every week, month and year with that brand, you need to take feedback, right? So I was chatting with the founder of Purple, Manish. And Manish said on a monthly basis as a unicorn, he still does 50 customer calls and talks to customers. So never lose sight or sort of view of exactly the problems your customers are facing because if you do that then then you are lost as a business right so customer engagement conversations with customers staying close to customers that's the bare minimum and taking their feedback and then deciding what to implement is a real skill right you'll get hundreds of points of feedback right but what's relevant what makes sense and what you should not work on the real deal and, and the game changer but taking feedback is critical. And I think the best founders take feedback, even if they grow really large. Got it. Yeah, that's probably the best way to do it also. So I used to answer the customer care phone on Sundays for the first couple of years of Dr. Vedas. Pick up the phone and answer those customers. Yeah. And most of the brands right now are doing uh, taking the same approach as well. Like, you know, a uh, community-based approach where they launch a couple of products, send it out, get feedback. And then based on the feedback, they tend to start producing more as well. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, also, you would co-create a lot of content with customers and influencers, uh, you know. How has that helped you in reaching to more audiences? 
that gives you credibility right the testimonials the content the feedback and then eventually the positives of your brand that is far stronger than a brand ambassador an ad or any money you spend on content because that's real right and today's customers are very smart don't take them for granted that they don't understand or they don't see through when you're just pushing something that's branded right and so customer testimonials customer feedback and then eventually customer word of mouth and customers acting as a brand ambassadors that's the strongest form got it so uh, also uh, arjun how do you go about finding different categories of your audience for instance uh, you were an ayurveda brand yeah so when i scroll through your instagram and the content that was there there were fitness influencers there were old people there were like gen zs and most of them right how do you go about creating your customer persona for dr vedis it was multiple types of products that appeal to multiple types of customers there a range of 80 products a diabetes product appeals to a different age to a hangover product to a muscle gain supplement and so we had to make customer personas for each of the products and then target the marketing basis that to each of the customers without striding or moving away from the overarching brand that dr vedias was right so a muscle gain supplement will be different customer persona from a diabetes or arthritis supplement but still dr vedias brand stood for something right so each product had its own customer persona and then the brand had a overarching sort of vision mission and and, and statement got it got it also did you spend you know time in educating people initially when you were getting started like you know what ayurveda is why they need it like for instance people think it's for you know some people think okay when when i'm going through something joint pain or whatever that is that's when i need it sometimes there's immunity booster and other things as well right so how did you go about educating people and why they need it and why it needs to be a part of their routine Yeah look I think that's a that's a good question I think as a market creator which is what we were right building ayurveda online and building ayurveda for the new age education is very important because we interact with a lot of customers that wanted to ask questions and so it was our job to give them these answers and presenting this educational content in a format that was fun snackable engaging that was our objective we did a bunch of exciting activities i used to host a podcast on kuku fm Uh, we used to have whatsapp groups where we send daily ayurvedic tips to consumers um non branded so every day from 7 to 9 pm 25 to 26000 consumers would get a tip on ayurveda yoga ailments medicine herbs and so forth right because we had to pioneer the conversation for modern consumers with ayurveda and so i i would say if you're a market creator education is very important and doing it in a format that's not boring is even more important got it got it also did you do any sort of workshops or ground level you know uh, most of the ayurvedic brands that i have seen do it like you know they have a workshop yeah, we use digital to do it we use digital to do it right okay. so we get our doctor live on instagram instead of doing a workshop because that was our port of call for customers so we broke barriers and boundaries with that um, while still sort of engaging with the customer got it got it So uh moving to an uh, opinion based question i would say so what is one marketing tactic that you feel is overhyped but often not as effective i don't think any marketing tactic as such is overhyped for sure um but i would say that let me talk about two things that if you don't do right and you just do to do you will struggle right one is performance marketing if you don't build branding and brand marketing with performance marketing today's day and age is d2c brand you will struggle 
uh, because there will be no top of funnel for you. And tactical marketing doesn't work as effectively as it did in, in the past. So I think that people love to talk about is influencers. Uh, but I think that it's not a tick box again. Maybe three, five years ago, it was a tick box. Whatever you did worked. Today, with the number of influencers, the number of brands, the number of engagements, you have to be smart, tactical, and goal-driven with your influencer marketing as well. Sometimes it's not the influencers the most following that works. Um, and so you've got to really deep dive onto what's working for your brand. So I think these two, I wouldn't call them overhyped, but I would say that if they're not done right, it, it, it could yield no results at all. Got it. So how how would you define the influencer persona? Like if it's for Ayurveda, what are some of the key features that you'll look into an influencer before? Uh... I would go even deeper, right? Like find your product, who the persona is for that product, right? So for Chakash, which is our Chavan Prash toffees, it was mothers. For Herbu Bill, which is the Muscle Gain Sapnodos Fitness and Health Influencers, right? So for each of these product personas, you've got to find the relevant people that your TG actually respects and wants to hear from. God, it makes sense. Uh, Arjun, if you had to give like five marketing tips for anyone who is getting started with e-commerce brand, what would they be? Yeah, so I would say start. Number one would be start with a brand entity. Don't miss that part because that defines your vision for the brand going forward. So that's number one. Uh, number two, speak to your customer before you start your brand journey. Uh, don't just accept what you think is right. Your customer should think it's right. Number three, I said it multiple times to the conversation. Ascribe a certain amount of your budget to brand marketing on a consistent basis. That will help with your performance. Number four, keep iterating the brand as you get customer feedback. Don't be rigid that this is what my brand is and it'll never change. And I would say number five, customer delight. With so many brands and so much clutter of information, you got to stand or live outside that box and so do things for your customers they're never expecting so that they become so delighted that they become advocates for your customer and generate that word of mouth, right? I think a great example is on my podcast, I was talking to the founder of Lifelong Online, which is an appliances brand, and they sold a stove to a customer and the customer couldn't assemble the stove or the stove wasn't working. Um, and so the customer called in a panic saying, hey, my stove's not working. And what do I do? And, and the brand said, hey, we'll have someone at your home tomorrow to fix this for you because it's nighttime. And so the customer said, what about my family's dinner tonight? And so the customer service rep said, okay, I get your problem. Uh, I have your address. I'll be ordering a Domino's pizza to your address so that your family um, is fine with a dinner today. Right? That's customer delight. That customer can go and talk to hundreds of customers now about that experience. And so customer delight is the last tip I'd like to give to end the conversation. Those were just gold nuggets which I'll be taking today. Yeah. Also, e-commerce marketing is full of ups and downs. Okay. During the days when there were no sales coming in or, you know, things are not going as per plan. How, how did you keep yourself motivated? I think this is not even technical, right? It's more about sticking to a goal. As a startup entrepreneur, I think you go through lots of ups and downs, but having grit and resilience to fight the tough times with thick skin and fight failure and get up again. That's the hallmark of our work as entrepreneurs. Um, and, you know, when I speak to younger people today, entrepreneurship is not about the news articles, the funding rounds, and all of those news articles and funding rounds, I can guarantee you've had tough times, right? While we may read only about the unicorns and the, the good times, there have also been some really tough times. Um, and so understanding that, working through that and pushing through it is hallmark of any good founder. 
Got it. Got it. So you've been uh, educating a lot of people on D2C branding and D2C marketing as well in India. You know, I've seen you on Growth School and other channels as well. So what do you feel is the future of D2C brands in India, considering at the pace how it's going and, you know, what? Uh, yeah, that's the first one. I'll have another question as well. So India is a very large country. We're the youngest population in the world. We have a very large aspirational population. We're a brand starved nation. Customers want new things. From a macro perspective, there's lots of potential for D2C as customers are looking for new brands and things to consume, right? Now, if I deep dive specifically in D2C brands, what does the future look like? I think the future is omni-channel. And so D2C doesn't just mean online brands. Some of the most successful online brands are now going offline as offline is open now. So think of the new channel, think of the offline channel. Two, there's lots of competition. And so think of your moat and differentiation that allows your brand to stand tall or stand on its own in a cluttered market. And number three, and most important, I think, I hope to see Indian D2C brands now going global, right? There's a huge market outside of India as well. And we've seen a few examples, not my prediction, but my, my aspiration would be to see Indian D2C brands on shelves of stores in the US, the UK, Europe, Australia, etc. Got it. And that's been happening. Like uh, I'm put up in Dubai. So most of the time when I host my guests, right, even though they have started after COVID, I see the brands here in Karo 4 or, or some other place in the malls. So when, when I speak to them, they were like, no, this is how it's been going. And it's it's getting easier as well to sell internationally for them. So yeah, hopefully that will happen for sure for uh, very soon. In fact, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you for taking awesome. out your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Take it was, care. Yeah, it was a great conversation. Yeah. Found this episode insightful? Follow us on Spotify to listen to more of such conversations every week.